When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. It is Orlando, and we've got a ton to tackle in this playoff edition of the podcast. Damian Lillard's historic performance. The man was hot, 55-10, and 10, but it wasn't enough. Did his teammates let him down? And can the Blazers bounce back in a must-win situation in Game 6? Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us, subscribing to the podcast, leaving those positive reviews. We appreciate you oh so much as we go deeper into the playoffs. Can the Blazers survive and make this a seven-game series like we predicted it would go? We are joined, as always, by Jared Cowley and Max Barr. Guys, You know how we roll. Three questions, three answers, because there's three of us, and we have got a lot to talk about. So many layers to Game 5 in a 147-140 double overtime. Heartbreaking loss. So let's get to it. Question number one, what were your impressions after Damian Lillard's historic NBA performance on Tuesday night, Max? Uh, wow. I mean, there was, there was a great moment uh, in the second overtime, I believe, that has since gone viral when Lillard actually missed a three-pointer and Austin Rivers was clearly seen with his hands together in prayer saying, thank God. And I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, Lillard was incredible. He played over 52 minutes of a possible 58, scored 55 points on only 24 field goal attempts, had 10 assists, just one turnover, three blocks. He made 12 three-pointers, broke uh, Clay Thompson's record, most threes in a playoff game. Coach Stotts said it was the best playoff performance he's seen, which, you know, I hard, tough to argue that. Personally, I have a tough time ranking it ahead of the 2019 Game 5 when Lillard scored 50 against the Thunder and made the series-winning shot. But I can understand why Stotts said what he said. It seemed like every time the Blazers were down three and they needed it, Lillard was able to create that space with a quick twitch step back and and make the shots. And to do it after playing so many minutes at high altitude in Denver just makes it even more remarkable to me. What do you guys think? Uh, um, It was tough. Like last night during the game, I usually I usually watch these games late. Uh, I can't really get to them on you know when they start on time. Just got things going on and with the family. But um, Nate, our old friend, texted us our group text thread um, at some point. I think it must have been during overtime. I was I think like halftime of the game at that point, trying to catch up, and just asked, "Are you guys watching this?" And so I knew something was going to happen. Something amazing was going to happen. And it was amazing. I mean, what we saw from Damian Lillard was 
I mean, like, like Max said, you know, if it wasn't his best performance ever, it was his second best performance ever. Um, a franchise playoff record, 55 points, NBA record, 12 three-pointers, first player to ever have 55 points and 10 assists in a playoff game. There were so many moments when I was watching the game where it was amazing. And, and just about, I mean, especially the beginning of that game was really tough, but once the Blazers made their comeback in the first half, the rest of that game was amazing to watch. And I was enjoying every second of it. But then they lost. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's it's horrible how much the difference of just a couple of points can completely swing the way you feel about a game, even though nothing about, else about it changed. Like I can go for watching that entire game, loving every second of it, then the Blazers lose the way they did and com feel completely dejected afterwards. And after the game, Damian Lillard was in the post game and Jason Quick of The Athletic asked him about his individual performance. And before Quick could even get his, answer, or his, his question in, Dane cut him off and said, it don't matter, we lost the game. And that's how I felt last night. And that's how I still feel today. I mean, it might be that I will look back on this down the road and feel better about it. It might be true that I'll always remember what Dame did in this game. But, you know, after the fact, at least for right now, I can't separate the performance from the result of the game. I really wish the Blazers had won that game. I mean, imagine if they had won that game with that kind of a performance from Dame. You know, a game five win, we know what kind of an impact a game five win has in a 2-2 series. 83% of teams that win game five in a 2-2 series go on to win the series. Think how we'd be feeling about this team going, coming back with a chance to clinch it, you know, the series in Portland. Um, but I have to be honest about how I feel right now. That loss was terrible. When you get a transcendent, historic performance like that and you lose, how do you come back from that? Um, spoiler alert, guys, I'm probably going to be a downer this entire episode. And I'm really sorry about that, but that's how I feel. I'm, I'm really as amazed as I was by that performance. I'm just as upset that, you know, no one else outside of Dame could step up and help him and the team, like, take that victory. I can't be mad at you, man. Uh, it, it's definitely a bummer. It had everything but the win. And that's a hard thing to compartmentalize. But I'm going to go ahead and do that because – it was so dope. Uh, I, I was I was mesmerized watching it. I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was even though we've seen these Damian Lillard performances, we've seen the Inferno, we've seen him just catch fire and take over games multiple times. Like this might be news to some people who don't watch the Trailblazers on a regular basis, but for us, like we see this stuff. We are spoiled. We know what he can do in these type of moments, and it seems that when the game is on the line when the pressure is on Dame rises to the occasion and plays his best basketball. But it was, it was just shot after shot. Mind you, they were down 22 and had to rally to get back into this game and even take the lead. Dame was so good. They were down nine in overtime. Dame single-handedly gets them out of that hole. There were so many nuggets to this game that made it so impressive with, with Damian Lillard, the, the off-balance, 
hand in your hand in your face, drill the shot, no business making it. Uh, 55, like you guys said, breaking his own franchise record. Uh, to have a stat line that has never been achieved before in NBA playoff history. I just marvel at it. And he had the basketball world in the palm of his hands. Everyone was watching Damian Lillard. As great as Jokic has been, Jokic, the, the MVP of the league, it's just a, a matter of time now. Uh, everyone, all eyes were, were on Damian Lillard. And those are the type of performances that Trailblazers fans load for, for that respect, to have Damian Lillard on this. I saw so many Lillard top five NBA players right now. Like, imagine having this conversation even a year ago. And, and now to see where Damian Lillard is in, in the mix with all of the best NBA players and its performances like that. And I don't think from a national perspective that is going to take away from what Dame did that night, even though they lost the game. Now, you know, from a Trailblazers fan perspective, I get it because that, that's what makes this sting even more to know that your guy can go 55 and 10 to shoot 17 of 24, but not get any help in in overtime to score all but two of the Blazers points in both of those overtimes combined. That is a brutal way to lose. That hurts. And in such a pivotal game in a playoff series, but I just look back on it and just think back to, to seeing all of the tweets from like Kevin Durant, from a lot of the other NBA players that were just in awe by what that dude was out there doing. I mean, he balled out. So I can respect what Damian Lillard did because even as, as awesome as he is, those type of performances just don't come along that often. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I completely understand if any Blazers fan out there, um, if their disappointment in the loss is overshadowed by their awe of the performance, um, for me, it's the opposite. Because I think in my mind, watching that game, the Blazers lost twice to me. Like, in regulation, I thought, okay, well, damn, this is a shame. You know, the Blazers are going to lose this. Oh, we're going to overtime. Oh, my God. In overtime, they get down nine. Oh, man. They just don't have anything left. Oh, no, wait, we're going to double overtime. You know, Dame with the steal and the pass to CJ in the corner, buries a three, ends up getting the game tying three later. Um, yeah, it's a it's a real shame that this performance came at a loss, but I think his performance is going to be remembered for a long time um, in a game that will be remembered for a long time. Someone had to win. Someone had to lose. The good news for the Blazers is the series isn't over. People talk about game fives and a 2-2 tie as like a must-win game. And it's actually not a must-win game. It's r- crucially important, but it's not a must-win game. Now they're in must-win mode. Um, it was just a special game from a special player. And honestly, I'm just grateful to have witnessed it. That's how I feel about it. All right, guys. Let's get into this, shall we? Because I know we got a lot to say about question number two here. So... The overwhelming response from Blazers fans on social media after game five was that Damian Lillard's teammates let him down. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment? 
Well, I guess I'll kick this one off. Uh, to me, the only person who knows whether Lillard's teammates let him down is Damian Lillard himself. I don't think it's for me to say that someone else let him down. So I guess I disagree. Um, his teammates obviously didn't perform on his level, but that's pretty hard when your level is referred to as godlike by your teammate, CJ McCollum. Um, obviously, no one else was on his level, except maybe at times Jokic. Um, CJ didn't shoot the ball well. We know that. Um, Nurkic fouling out early in the fourth was devastating at the time. I know Jared's going to speak a little more about that a little bit later. But the Blazers fought through their lineup disadvantage and took the game to two overtimes. After the game, Lillard said, all the way until the end of the game, we had our opportunities. We just didn't take advantage of them, and they did, referring to Denver. This game was tied at 140 with less than two minutes to go. That's not the worst position to be in, especially when you consider you've been down 20 earlier in the game and down nine in the first overtime. But then there was the biggest moment of the game, in my opinion. Monte Morris missed a floater. Aaron Gordon got the offensive rebound, got the ball to Jokic, who made one of the best passes I've ever seen in a high-pressure playoff game from one side of the floor all the way to the opposite corner, the ball fluttered perfectly over the outstretched hand of a leaping Robert Covington, right into Michael Porter Jr.'s shooting pocket, makes the three-pointer, and where did that pass come from? A double team on Jokic. So, I mean, the, next, the Blazers' next three possessions were a missed three from Norman Powell, Covington missing the donk off that perfect pass from Lillard, and CJ stepping out of bounds. Those are all disappointing plays. But the Blazers got stops on defense in between those possessions. I think they had their chances to win, to extend or even win the game, and they came up short, which happens. It's always tough when the team you root for is on the losing end of what turned out to be a classic game. You know um, those moments where your parents tell you, I'm not, I'm not even mad at you. I'm disappointed <laughs> in you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was the vibe that I felt after watching both of those overtimes. Because maybe it is too harsh to say for us to say they let him down. But they didn't show up. When when he needed help, no one was there for him. All all year long we talk about or all off season. For the past couple of years, we've said Damian Lillard needs help. Are they going to build a roster around Damian Lillard that can help him in the playoffs? Is someone else going to be there to make shots? Who is going to make the team pay? No one showed up. C.J. McCollum didn't make a shot in those overtimes. In fact, the only person who made one was Ennis Cantor on a putback. They had two overtimes to make a shot, and it was all Damian Lillard. So CJ, CJ has to be better offensively. He's got to make shots. And that's what surprised me with him because uh, he's a killer. He's a shark. I mean, you know, we kind of joke about it, and, you know, he's mentioned it in social media before. But this guy's a bucket. And he gets them. And, and he has a history of rising to the occasion in, in the postseason. Heck, he did it two years ago against the Nuggets. And so he's held to a higher standard 
the expectation as, as the number two there, you've got to be able to step up in those crucial moments. And for someone like CJ, it's making a shot. It's getting that bucket because the opportunities were there, as you mentioned, Max, and someone just had to be there to take it. And, you know, who knows how much different those overtimes play out. In fact, how different the last four minutes play out if Yusuf Nurkic is out there. That last foul, to go back-to-back, to get so caught up in the fifth foul and lose your cool on the other end, and in an instant you are out of the game and the entire dynamic changes. The Blazers have no one else who can defend Jokic. Who, who, he is their only chance. The Blazers will not win without Yusuf Nurkic. He has to be out there. Three games he's fouled out. Three games the Blazers have lost in this series. So I say all that to set the stage for Jared Cowley to break everything down from question number two here, man. I'll get to Nurkic soon enough. Um, I'm more frustrated with him than anyone else right now. I'm really frustrated with Yusuf Nurkic. I, I agree with Max. I don't think we can say... Only Damian Lillard can say whether he feels that his teammates let him down or not. But in my opinion, they absolutely let him down. And more often than not, they've let him down this entire series. In two overtimes, Damian Lillard was six for eight from the field and scored 17 points. His teammates in those two overtimes were one for 14 from the field. And you had those two points. Robert Covington and CJ McCollum they made those two major mistakes late in the second overtime. Rocco missing the dunk, McCollum stepping out of bounds with nine seconds left. And I do agree that criticizing his teammates for what happened in game five isn't totally fair considering what happened in game four. Dame wasn't good in that game, and his teammates, especially Norman Powell and Yusuf Nurkic, stepped up, helped carry the Blazers to victory. But you also can't ignore that in this series, Portland simply hasn't gotten enough from anyone on the roster except for Dame. In Game 5, both of these players had some good moments, but Norman Powell and C.J. McCollum were 2 for 11 from 3 and 12 for 36 from the field. Robert Covington had a fantastic Game 5, his best game of the series, 19 points, 11 boards, three three three-pointers, so I'm not going to harp on that missed dunk. I think he actually had two missed dunks. Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons, 5 for 18 from the field. Mello missed seven of nine threes. And if you look at the series as a whole, it doesn't make you feel any better. Dame has been amazing in this series. 36 points, 10 assists, four rebounds, almost a steal and a block per game. 47% from the field, 48% from three. And that's with that stinker in game four. But CJ, he's averaging 20 points. He's shooting 44% from the field and just 35% from three. It's like you said, Orlando, we're used to CJ stepping up in the playoffs, and he's not. I mean, all of his, all of his stats are down from his regular season performance. Norman Powell is averaging 17 points, and he's definitely had some moments. But he's also shooting 35% from three. One of the things that we expected from Powell when the Blazers made that trade was he was going to be able to stretch the floor. He was a 43% three-point shooter when he came to Portland, and he's shooting 35% from three. He's been good but not good enough. Carmelo Anthony, he's had moments. He's averaging 12 points a game, but he's shooting below 45 or 40% from the field, and he's a minus 31 for the series. Anthony Simons, 
He's been really hit and miss. He's in, he, and he's a negative 36 for the series. And his canter is averaging two points and two rebounds per game. And he's in a minus 34 for the series. I do want to get to Nurkic later, but I think that you go down the line. Every single player except for Dame has let Dame down. They know how much this means to Dame. They know that he is going to be turning 31 soon. And time is going to be running out for him. And they're not stepping up the way they need to to give him a chance to just get out of the first round. That's it. And he can't even, I mean, maybe it'll happen, but it's not looking that way to me. So, yeah, in my opinion, his teammates completely let him down in game five. And I think that more often than not, they've let him down the entire series. To be down 22 in the first half is inexcusable. In a, in a pivotal game, 2-2 in a playoff series on the road, to come out and miss your first eight shots, to be down, you know, 13 in the first quarter, that just can't happen. Yeah, you knew Denver was going to come out charged up and focused after the way um, Michael Malone kind of laid into him in the post-game press conference after game four. But I agree that the defense put him in a hole early. They dug out of it and they dug out of the hole again in overtime. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Jared. These guys, apart from uh, Lillard, they, ha- they haven't been playing up to their standards. And I think they would tell you that. I mean, CJ in the post-game said he was disappointed with himself, said he needs to play better and he will play better. He's got the chance in game six. It's hilarious when you think about just the last two games where Dame goes for 10 points and 10 assists and they win a blowout. Dame goes for 55 and 10 and they lose in double overtime. Like what a trip. Shows you how, just how important it is to have your, your supporting cast step up. Yeah. And I do want to, I want to bring this back to Yusuf Nurkic because I, we all feel that he is the key to the series, that he is the only key to the series. You know what you're going to get from Dame. Dame's going to be awesome just about every game. But the thing with Nurkic for me, and the reason I'm most frustrated with him, is because when he has played, he's been so good. He's a plus 54 in the series. That's the best on the team. He's been able to neutralize Nikola Jokic when he's on the court. In the series, When Nurkic has been on the court, the Blazers have been really good. And when he hasn't, for the most part, they've been pretty bad. But he hasn't been able to consistently stay on the court. And Dame, you know, he kind of, when they asked him about it in the postgame last night, he kind of talked about the officials. But it's not the officials' fault. It's Yusuf Nurkic's fault. He has to keep his head in the game. He has to not commit dumb fouls that the refs have to call because they're so obvious. Nurkic played a fantastic first half of basketball last night. He played great defense. He had a double-double. He played within himself. He had just one foul at halftime. He was excellent in the first half. Then he picks up five fouls in six minutes in the second half and fouls out. And he's now fouled out of three of the five games in the series. And the frustrating thing for me is that it's not just – those fouls were fouls. Don't complain about the officiating, whether it's Damian Lillard or Yusuf Nurkic or fans, whomever it is. Only one of those five fouls in the second half was a foul I would even consider questionable. The others were dumb fouls. And then you talked about it, Orlando, an unnecessary reach to get a sixth foul moments after getting his fifth. 
um, earlier in the game, a push in the back when he appeared to like he was frustrated because he didn't get a call on the other end the play before. Those are the kind of things that Yusuf Nurkic can't do. Those are the kind of things that Dame talks to him about and Stotts talks to him about. And he even talks about in post games that he's got to keep his head in the game. But then when push comes to shove, he can't. And if I was Dame, I would be so frustrated that the rest of my teammates aren't picking up their game, but I would be most frustrated with Nurkic because Nurk knows how important he is to this team, but he can't control himself. And then the Blazers have no one else to turn to. And last night, Stotts turned back to Cantor when Nurkic got in foul trouble. And I don't know if that's the right choice. Could you go small with Robert Cummington or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson at center? Probably not. That's not a good option either. The Blazers don't have an option other than Nurkic. I thought on the surface, Cantor looked good last night. He played hard. He competed defensively against Jokic. And by the numbers, it, it looked good too. When Cantor was defending Jokic, Jokic was three for 11 from the field, including two for six from three. That's better than Covington. He was four for seven against Covington. It's better than Nurk. He was five for nine against Nurk. But then when you look at what the Nuggets were able to do as a team when Cantor was on the court guarding Jokic, that's when you see the problem. Against Cantor, Jokic scored 2.7 points per minute. The Nuggets scored 6.4 points per minute. You compare what the Nuggets did, that 6.4 points per minute when Cantor was guarding Jokic. When Covington was guarding him, it was 4.6 points per minute. And when Nurkic was guarding him, it was 4.9 points per minute. So that's what makes a big difference. It might have been that the Blazers had to send more help when Cantor was on the floor. Maybe that opened things up for the Nuggets. Against Cantor, Jokic had five of his nine assists. He didn't have more than two against any other defender. And so that's why it's so frustrating to me. And it has to be frustrating to Dame. And it has to be frustrating to Stotts. The Blazers' game plan is to match Nurkic's minutes with Jokic's. And it has worked. Nurkic has neutralized Jokic when he's on the court. You're, you know, Jokic, he outplays Nurkic by individual stats, but the Blazers outplay the Nuggets when they're both on the court. So he's neutralizing Jokic. But Nurkic can't keep himself out of foul trouble, and it's killing the series for the Blazers. And if it doesn't change, the Blazers are done. They're not going to get out of the first round. Dame can't do it all by himself. And if I was Dame, I'd be most, and I am most frustrated by Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how game six is officiated with those fouls. I mean, I agree with you, Jared. I don't think there were any questionable calls. But I did like seeing Lillard come to Nurkic's defense a little bit, at least publicly, saying that, you know, both teams are doing the same thing, referring to moving screens. And for some reason, Nurkic is getting penalized for it. I think the reason he's getting penalized for it is because his fouls are more obvious than other people. But it'll be interesting to see after those comments. I don't think Lillard's going to get fined or anything, but it'll be interesting to see how um, the officials call game six. Yeah, man, it's those fouls are, are inexcusable. Use of Nurkic has to be better. We're not talking about a rookie anymore. Like, this is not – he is so vital to this team that he has to forget about what just happened. He has to move on to the next play. And he's getting so caught up in whether or not he should have been called for something, somebody fouled him. Like, he has to worry about the next play. Let Dame, let Coach Stotts 
worry about working the officials. That's not your job, Nurk. Your job is to defend. And he's done such a, a great job at, at, as you mentioned, I think neutralizing is the, the best way to describe what Nurk has done, but he, he is their only option. It's not even like if he goes to the bench, there's another plan. They don't have the personnel. It's not there. This is your only option. And so if he's not matching minute to minute with Jokic, it is an L. If he can't be out there, this series is over. The Blazers will not win. And case in point was game five. Damian Lillard can be spectacular. He can play MVP like basketball, and it doesn't matter because the Blazers are trying to compensate defensively, and they have no answers. They bring that double team, it's barbecue chicken. It is over. Filet the Blazers' defense. Oh, man. If he sees Ennis Cantor out there, man, he's licking his chops like, yes, let's go to work. Like, time to pad those stats. I feel a triple-double brewing. Like, it is that simple for the Trail Blazers. And if they want to see a Game 7, Nurkic has to be out there. We've seen there's a large enough sample with the previous games to know how important he is. It's seriously win or loss. Like that's how important he is. And for him to only play 24 minutes, that is inexcusable in a double overtime game. Like Dane played twice as many minutes as Nurkic played in this game. And it's, it's insane. I don't get as caught up in the numbers and don't look at, at them often, but like I pulled up the defensive rating uh, from game five, Ennis Cantor, 161.5. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, 178.9. Like, these numbers are just cartoon, like fake. Like, uh, NBA Jam. It's not good. Like, yeah. Like, That's, that is putrid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't believe it when I, when I went to look. So, just to your point, Jared, like, there is no answer. There's no solution. Like you are just praying that when Jokic kicks it out, that the supporting cast doesn't make that shot. And as we've seen, the Nuggets are making the Blazers pay. This is what makes Jokic so good. As he sees the floor, he puts his guys in the right spot. Max, you wax so poetically about that beautiful pass he throws, and it's a bucket. You get bench play for, from the Nuggets. Like, they're not going to lose this way. It's, it's not going to happen, at least not for an entire series. The Blazers may catch a break a game or two here where they don't make shots, but they're making them pay overall. And Nurkic is such a direct thing. Like, you look at it and you say, that is the one thing. If the Blazers could control one thing, it's that Nurkic keeps his cool out there, does not get into foul trouble. He has a great first half and then is gone in the second half. And it's, it, that's just it for me too, Jared. I, I feel you on that. And I was just like, man, I, I, it, it was just such a gut punch when he fouled out of that game with so much time left. It, it felt like, for me, that was the moment the Blazers lost the game. Now, obviously, like, Dame went off and proved that it wasn't over. But when that happened, I thought, oh, game over. This is it. Yeah, I was me so too. excited for those last six minutes. When Nurk came back in, he had the four fouls, but he came back in six minutes left. Both starting lineups on the floor. I was like, okay, we're going to have Nurkic versus Jokic. I mean, I really thought that the Blazers were going to win it going away, you know, in those last six minutes. 
And then within the space of like 30 seconds, Nurkic is out of the game. Completely Nurkic's fault. And that just, he, he can't do that. It's, you're right, Orlando. He's not a, he's not a rookie. He's a veteran and he's, he's playing like a rookie. Um, the inconsistency, it has to stop. And I give Dame all the credit in the world for never throwing his teammates under the bus. He is a leader of the highest quality, but that isn't, I'm going to, I'm going to throw him under the bus. No, <laughs> like, this is not okay. I mean, here's another thing. If they don't get out of the series, unless I can't see this, this team persisting this roster as it's constructed, this will be the end of this era. And if you care about that at all, if CJ wants to stick around and keep playing with Dame, if Nurkic wants to stick around and keep playing with Dame, if they want this group to go forward, they've got to play much better than they're doing right now. They have to prove that they are the kind of roster that can give Dame at least a puncher's chance at getting to the Western Conference Finals at a minimum. And they don't look like that at all right now. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm completely frustrated with everyone on this team except for Damian Lillard. And... I can't hide it. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, you're right. This is such a, a breaking point. This is such a huge moment in this era of trailblazers basketball. They have to get out of this first round. We've talked, it, it's been a buildup and now all of the pressure is right there. And it comes down to this one game and keeping your, your season alive and forcing a, a seventh game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is definitely a, a larger conversation for another podcast, but yeah. you're right. I mean, there's something is going to change. I mean, we we spoke uh, weeks ago about, you know, the report about Stotts being gone if they don't have a miracle playoff run. This is far from a miracle playoff run. So there might be changes like that regardless. Who knows? But it's not over yet. Yeah, that's a good point. I I appreciate you reeling us back in because uh, we can definitely go down that road and heck, we (laughs) might be going down that road uh, in in just a few days because there's there's a lot. There's a lot uh, brewing (laughs) right now and and they've got to get out of the first round and it starts with a win in game number six. So guys, question number three is what is your confidence level that the Blazers can bounce back after that game five loss and win the final two games to advance to the second round? What has to change for Portland to win the next two, Max? Well, I mean, I picked the Blazers to win the series in seven when we did our series preview. And in order for that to happen, Denver's got to win three games. Well, they've won three games. So I am confident the Blazers can win game six at home. I'm not going to guarantee a win because they're obviously playing a good team and the other team has their own transcendent player like the Blazers have Damian Lillard. So the Blazers could definitely lose. But I think this series is going to go to a seventh game. And if it does, we all know anything can happen. And it would be pretty nice to have guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on your team in a game seven. Um, As for what has to change, it's Nurkic. We've just been talking about it. He has to stay on the court. And the bench, I think, has to be better, too. Uh, The Blazers, interestingly, the Blazers in Game 5 actually won the minutes when Jokic was on the court. 
that really caught my eye. They lost the minutes when Denver's bench was in, and Monte Morris just was out of his mind. He's a really, really good role player. Um, Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons, they've got to start scoring again. At some point, the Blazers are going to need a Carmelo performance like he performed in game one. He needs to have multiple threes to the dome. So game six is a great opportunity for that to happen. What do you guys think? I'm kind of with Max as far as the keys. Um, What needs to change? You need more consistency from Yusuf Nurkic. He needs to be out there for 30 plus minutes every for each of these potential two games. He has to stay out of foul trouble. He has to match Jokic's minutes. CJ McCollum needs to step up. Like we're used to playoff CJ. We haven't seen playoff CJ. He needs to make an appearance. The Blazers have to get more from their bench, just like Max said. When Dame sits, the bench has to step up. They definitely need more from Melo. It would be nice to see a little bit more from Ant. The problem for me is that's a lot of things they need to do that they have not done consistently up to this point in the series. That's a lot of ifs. And because of that, I'm not feeling confident. I don't have a lot of confidence. I do think that they can win six game six at home. But I still think if this series goes back to Denver, I'm going to give the Nuggets a better chance to win this series on their home court. Uh, I'm going to stick with my Nuggets in seven prediction. If the Blazers had won last night, I would have predicted that the Blazers would have closed it out on Thursday at home. But because they came up short, I think that the Nuggets will win in seven. The one thing you've got to really watch out for is there can't be carryover. Uh, You can't lose two games on one night. And that's the tough part about losing a game like this with so much emotion, um, so much on the line. You give it your all. um, You exert so much energy to try and win that game. It can be very deflating. And so they can't have that impact the way they start game six. I don't think this is going to be a problem for the Blazers, mostly because of their leadership, their playoff experience, uh, the guys they have on this team. I think they have enough uh, leaders on this team that they'll be able to forget about that game and move on to the next one. For the majority of this series, too, there hasn't been a lot of connection between game to game. Uh, They've been very, very different. Um, so I anticipate that will be the, the same thing, but they've got to be able to weather the storm again. They're going to get punched in the mouth. How will they respond? Uh, the crowd is going to be somewhat of a factor. Again, it gets ratcheted up a notch. 10,000 fans will be at the Moda Center, biggest crowd they've had since before the pandemic. So that's also something to play for that will give the Blazers just a little extra juice when they come out for game six. You guys are right. Nurkic is, is, is the key. If, if we're going to pick one, um, we can, you know, point to different guys to, to step up. For me, I, I got to see it from CJ. He's got to make shots. He's, he's the number two for a reason. He's got to come through um, offensively. Um, obviously, they've got to play better defensively. But I think so much of that is reliant upon just Nurkic being out there. And when I think about CJ and, and listening to, to his post-game press conference, he was, it, it, was a, it was a different vibe with him. I, I know he felt the pain of, of losing that game and, you know, letting his guys down. And 
you know, he, he had the, the quote I thought of the night, which was, you know, it's a shame that we wasted one of the best performances you'll probably see in the playoffs by not getting off to a good start, not defending, not bailing him out. And then uh, he landed the, the punchline at the end of, I have to be better for this team and for him, and I will be. So CJ knows it, and we know what he's capable of. He's just got to go out there and prove it because this has just been an uncharacteristically different CJ for this series. But there's still time to, to save the day because when we think back on 2019, he was the man. He's the one that, that got them past the Denver Nuggets. They got them winning the final two games of that series, having to win a game seven on the road in Denver. So in order for, those, uh, for that to happen, CJ has got to be better. Well, what's your prediction, though? I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with it, man. All uh, right. no, no flip-flopping. I think they win this game. And they force a game seven. My original prediction, this goes seven. Blazers win in seven. Um, what, as Max said, it's anyone's game. Game seven, it you know, comes down to just who had the better day. But uh, all that said, game six, Blazers are going to win it. We have a, a, a seventh game uh, in Denver. And I'll, I'll stick with my prediction of them winning the series. Well, I hope you two are right. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, Jared, did you predict the Blazers will lose game six? No. I, okay. I predicted that they would win game six at home, and then I'm going to give the home team the advantage in game seven. Gotcha. Absolutely yep. no flip-flopping around no. here. For this. No. Not, not, in this, not in this series, anyway. Well, let's real quick, let's spin. We had a lot of conversation about Nurkic. Let's spin that forward just to game six. Do you guys think he will avoid foul trouble in game six? I do. Yeah, I think I do, too. I mean, I do think... I know I said, don't complain about the officials, but I do think he'll get a more favorable whistle at home that generally happens. Um, and I think that he's going to be very cognizant of this, very aware of what he needs to do. You know, the same way that Orlando talked about how you felt that from CJ, that like, we don't know if Dame feels like his teammates let him down, but you know that CJ feels like he let Dame down. Um, and I, I assume that Nurkic feels the same way. So I do expect him to come back and and play the way he played in the first half of game five for the entire game. And if he does, the Blazers win. I mean, it's a plus 53 in the series. When Nurk plays, the Blazers are awesome. And when he doesn't, they're not. I'm with you. I think it plays out that way as well. Um, I think the officials will be a little more lenient with, with Nurkic. Um, I think that the you know, Terry Stotts, Damian Lillard, they will be working the officials. That that will be a known thing going into this game that the, the officials cannot cost the Blazers this series, that they, they need to be obvious fouls. Um, I think they're, they're going to be a little more lenient with those ticky-tack, you know, ones that you could get away with. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that is going to be the story is that Nurk fouls out for the fourth time, but you never know. Anybody know what time it is? <laughs> Let's go! 
Let's go. I have to liven up the podcast a little bit. Let's pull Jared out of the That's darkness. That's my fault. <laughs> I'll take the blame for that. Bring him back to the sunshine. It is great to be back with another playoff edition of Rip It. All right, guys, the Rip It playoffs continue right now. Jared has a 3-2 lead. But let's find out how you guys did with your picks for games three and four of this series. So let's go back to game three. The first question was, who will score the most points? Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic, or Aaron Gordon? Jared, you picked Nurkic. Orlando, you said, I feel a Storm and Norman breakout game coming on. <laughs> Powell scored 18 points. I'm not sure if that qualifies for a breakout, but 18 for Norm. Nurkic, 13. Gordon, 13. <laughs> Orlando Storming. gets that one. Storm and Norman. Next question for game three was over or under 30 minutes for Yusuf Nurkic. You both said over. And he played 32 minutes. Yeah. You guys nailed it. Remember when I asked you guys this question, I said, let me ask you this. If I change the line to 32 and a half, would that change your mind? I can't. I, didn't, I think you guys both stuck to your guns, but interesting. He ended up with 32. Yeah, I remember I, I, said, I said it would change my mind. And Orlando oh, you did? Probably, yeah, he's, Orlando said maybe, but he thinks he'd stick with his, with his pick. All right. Well, he Orlando's got, consistent he, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, in that game, Nurkic uh, completed the quest for 30. Game four. First question, who will make the most three-pointers? Anthony Simons, Facundo Campazzo, or Carmelo Anthony? Hmm. You both said Melo. Jared, you said three to the dome. Orlando, you said it's Melo redemption time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Carmelo Anthony, two for five from three in the game. Simon's just one for two. Campazzo, two for seven. (laughs) So because two players tied and you guys both picked one of them, you guys are going to get a point for that. Sort of the rip it rules. So see in playoff rip it, it's so important to get a point even if you tie. Because it's all about the total number of points. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting the strategy down here, Jared. Next oh, I have question. Strategy down, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you right. That's right. Jared, you you flip, flip the switch, Jared, no. over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Next question from Game Four was over or under twenty-two and a half points for CJ McCollum. You guys had different answers on this one, Jared. You said over. Orlando, you went under. And CJ scored twenty-one points oh, for the under. Oh, 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 oh that is cool. Oh, oh man! Orlando just banked in a three in overtime right there with that one. <laughs> I told you we need more from CJ. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah, well, we do. Whole world. All right, the wild card question. This was over or under four and a half three pointers in games three and four combined for Robert Covington. You both picked the under, and you both got it right. He was 0 for 2 in game 3 and just and 2 for 5 in game 4. That was just a miss by me. <laughs> but 
in case you guys haven't been paying attention, Orlando just went five for five. Oh my gosh. In oh. the Rip It playoffs. <laughs> oh, no. A la Damian Lillard to take the lead <laughs> over Jared. Orlando, you now lead seven to six. Your thoughts? Five for five. Five. That's, for a, that's, five. that's a double nickel performance right there, baby. Oh man. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Jared, you're not out of it. No. But wow, what a performance though. Man, that's that's, a, in, that's man. some good stuff. Yeah, but lucky if if Orlando loses the Rip It playoffs, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, man. It's all for naught. All right. Well, hopefully you don't let yourself down, Orlando, because we are moving <laughs> on to our next batch of questions. These are for Game Six only, because we don't know if there's going to be a Game Seven. So we've got five more questions for Game Six. Here we go. First question: Over or under? 32 and a half points for Nikola Jokic. Let's go over. Yeah. Over. All right. Blood in the two, water. Two overs. Ooh, blood in the water. It's back. Okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. Next question. <laughs> Who will grab the most rebounds? Will it be Robert Covington, Michael Porter Jr., or Aaron Gordon? I'm going to go with Rocco. He's been rebounding the ball well lately. Um, I will go Gordon. All right. Over or under five three-pointers made for Damian Lillard? Let's go over. Ooh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a big number, man. Uh, he's, he just made 12. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to doubt, Dame. I can't do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over. Over? Okay. Yeah. All right, which bench player will score more points? Oh, Carmelo, An- Carmelo Anthony on. or Monte Morris? Oh, oh man. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Are you okay? Oh, <laughs> You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to stray. I never learn. <laughs> give, give me Melo, baby. Give me Melo. Right. This is his time. Uh, I want to mix it up. I've got to. But I believe that I'll go with Monte Morris. Okay. I've got to mix it up here. By the way, do you know what one of Monte Morris's nicknames is? This is according to Basketball Reference. This is one of my favorite nicknames in the NBA. He's known for having a, a very good assist-to-turnover ratio. So his nickname is the Count of Monte Assisto, <laughs> with the T-O capitalized. I, I kind of think that you are probably the first person who has ever called him that, even though it's on Basketball Reference. No, I'm not. No, no one's I've, ever called I've him heard that it, I've, before. No, I've heard it elsewhere. Trust me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, legend. Legend. Yeah. Oh. All right. Back to the game. The wild card question. It could come down to this. Mm. Over or under four and a half fouls for Yusuf Nurkic in game six. I'm going to contradict myself. I'm going to go over. Ooh, okay. He could end up with five. 
could end up with five or six. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> I was I was really tough on on Yusuf in this podcast, so I'm going to put a little confidence back on his name, and I'm going to go under. All right. Well, I hope you were right on that one, Jared. But me too. We'll see. For multiple we'll reasons. See. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we will find out how you guys did when our next podcast is. I'm not sure when that will be, but hopefully it's. <laughs> That's why you got to subscribe. It's yeah. the only way to know. It could be an emergency situation. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Guys, All right, guys. I think. I think that. There will be a podcast after game six, one way or the other. Ooh. If they win, then I think we have to have a podcast at some point before game seven. And if they lose, then there will be a game. <laughs> there will be a podcast at some point after game six. I don't know when it will be, but. So. You think this pod was dark? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> this was an appetizer. <laughs> we'll make it fun. We'll, 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 we'll make it a fun funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know a, a, a lot of Blazers fans were, were feeling, you know, some kind of way after the game. Uh, this, was, this was a tough one. These, these, these ones are, are hard to swallow. There's, there's, no, there's no way around it. And, like, the amount of, of mentions I got in my, in my – um, on my Twitter feed, just so many just heartbroken fans. It wasn't even like the usual suspects who, you know, just talk about firing stocks all the time. Like it was just, it was just, Oh, you know, I'm heartbroken. I'm upset. I feel for Dame. This is such a bummer. Oh, this is just, a, this was a hard game. And so it, it happens. I mean, Max, you mentioned it also, like someone's got to lose, you know, they, they go to double overtime. They're hard fought games like that. And, just Dame having the, the performance that he had was, it was cool to, to be able to watch it. I wish it was in Portland so I could have seen it in person, but you know, to watch it on TV, man, that was, that was cool. I just, I couldn't believe it. Just one shot after another, uh, you're just reminded of the greatness, you know, and seeing one of the franchise's all time greats do all time great stuff. Well said. Yep. I agree. Guys, let's run this one back better than ever on the next one. Thank you to everyone for rocking with us, for supporting the podcast. We appreciate you so much. I hope you enjoy it. We enjoy doing this thing. We'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone.